Welcome to ALC's Sermon of the Week podcast. In this week's episode, Pastor Ben Davis continues this series on spiritual gifts with a message on instantaneous gifts. And uh, we've been in a sermon series called How to Fulfill Your Purpose in God Through Spiritual Gifts. This will be number two. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And uh, our sermon series has been, last week we talked about the Romans 12 motivational gifts. And then this morning we're talking about the 1 Corinthians 12. I, what I, I, this is just a term that I made up, the, in, uh, the instantaneous gifts. The gifts of 1 Corinthians 12 are all about advertising, instantaneous, wow you now, uh, advertise Jesus now. And then um, on October 25th, we'll have church on the lawn, Pastor Jared will preach, and then on November 1, we'll come back and talk about the people gifts. By the way, I do want to encourage everybody to come and bring a guest uh, next weekend. It's, a, it's a, almost a zero threat situation. Um, at Abundant Life, we've been trying to use both faith and wisdom in relating to the times that we are in. Uh, and so uh, the nice thing about Church on the Lawn is it's almost zero risk because it's outdoors and there's plenty of room for people to uh, move around. And so it's, it's going to be a fun time. So we just encourage you to come and use that to bring guests if you would. Now, um, uh, to try to introduce the thought process that I wanted to introduce this morning about the instantaneous gifts. As I sought the Lord, I believe He gave me a focus on um, desire. And uh, Pastor Holly and I are currently taking Financial Peace University uh, with Nathan and Sasha. We have two sets of leaders, James and Liz, uh, lead FPU, and then Nate and Sasha lead FPU. And I do recommend... Uh, I'd like to see everybody in Abundant Life take Financial Peace University. I think it's game-changing and transformational. So um, I do encourage you to, uh, at some point, set it aside to do that, go through the process, and, and do what it says. But the, the vision behind Financial Peace University is we want to get you out of debt so that you can become an extravagant giver. As long as debt is hanging over your head... You can be a giver, but it's hard to be an extravagant giver because the borrower is slave to the lender. That's Proverbs. That's Solomon. And so uh, he, he, the whole vision is they're going to give you baby steps to get you out of debt so that you can become an extravagant giver. Now, I like it also because these are exciting people. They like to keep things funny and exciting and whatnot. So I thought we would just um, play a little clip because they begin with desire. Because what they recognized is that people love their credit cards. And we fall in love with spending. And we fall in love with buying things for ourselves. So they're going to start with a desire to get out of debt. So what they do is they show this video of a cheetah chasing an antelope. And, of course, the vision is that the, um, that the, the, the banks or the, the lenders are like the cheetah, and you've got to run from the, uh, the cheetah like an antelope. Now, they show an interest, or they, they talk about an interesting stat that 
I don't know who figured this out, but apparently cheetahs only catch the, it's not antelope, it's gazelles, I'm sorry. Cheetahs only catch gazelles one out of 19 times. And cheetahs are faster than gazelles. So why is it that a faster predator only catches a slower prey one out of 19 times? And they answer it with motivation. The cheetah is chasing the gazelle for lunch, but the gazelle is running for its life. So motivation makes all of the difference. Let's watch the clip, and then we'll use it as an illustration for the gifts. You've got to run for your life. You've got to run, 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 run. You've got to bust it. You've got to go like your life depends on it. Now, how many of you would play that again and play it a little louder? I think this is, this is worth watching. How many of you would agree he's trying to inspire you? Okay, let, let's watch it again, see if, we, see if he can inspire us. You gotta run for your life. You gotta run, 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 run. You gotta bust it. You gotta go like your life depends on it. Okay, so he's trying to um, inspire you to want to get out of debt. Well, my goal this morning is to uh, help and be a partner with the Holy Spirit to inspire you to want to experience the gifts of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians 12 on a regular basis. Now, the problem is that uh, I don't have his personality set. Um, But what I do find is that uh, we as Americans chase after and want the gifts of the Spirit, about like the cheetah chasing the gazelle. It'd be wonderful if I caught lunch, but it's not going to kill me if I don't experience it. But we're going to have to change our thinking and say, people's lives are dependent upon us using the gifts of 1 Corinthians 12. Therefore, now it's going to change your inspiration in the way you run. Okay? So... I thought about, well, if I had his personality set, I'd preach this message something like this. Okay, are you ready? You gotta want the gifts. I mean, you gotta be passionate for the gifts. You gotta desire them as if it's the most important thing in the world, as if people's lives depend on the gifts. You gotta want it more than lunch. You gotta want it more than dinner. You gotta want it more than life itself. You gotta go for the gifts. Now, the problem is my personality set is I didn't enjoy that at all, so. so I'm just going to teach from a more, more, something that's more consistent with my personality set. <laughs> so um, I thought it would be good to begin the message with um, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, where the Apostle Paul breaks into this and says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Now, the problem with all teachings on these gifts, of the the Corinthians' gifts, is this, is that there have been so much debate and controversy and arguing over the word higher. And it is my belief that all of that debate, controversy, and argument over that word grieves the Holy Spirit so that the gifts don't function. And so 
Problem is that word could mean um, higher, meaning more important, but it could also mean greater, in other words, more magnificent. It could also just mean more. So you could, you could read it, uh, go for the higher gifts, the first on the list, or you could read it, go for the more magnificent gifts, um, or you could read it, uh, just give me more gifts, okay? I believe in the context, probably the safest way to go on that is that it's, it's meant to be a good hamburger. You got your bun, your meat, and your bun, right? Your bun is gifts, meat is love, and then you got your bun again. So if we think of it that way, <laughs> I used to watch children in the park and, um, for, for one of my first jobs, and I, it was a poorer area, and I was so amazed that these kids would come with mayonnaise sandwiches. You know what a mayonnaise sandwich is? It is I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I hope if you like mayonnaise sandwiches, please, I'm not trying to offend you. But I mean, no meat. It was ketchup and mayonnaise on two pieces of bread. And I was just like, I, it was really hard for me to watch. But, um, you know, the gifts without love is like a hamburger with no meat, right? But what has happened in so much of Christianity is we're so worried about the meat that we forget the buns. Now, you guys know that uh, uh, Pastor Jared told me this, this recent stat that uh, Subway buns, you know how you go to Subway and you say, well, give me the wheat bun or the rye bun or the whatever, you know? Well, over in Europe, apparently the governmental authorities said, we are going to reclassify all Subway buns no longer as bread, they're pastries because they have so much sugar in them that uh, uh, the, 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 these cannot be called bread in Europe anymore. Well, actually, the gifts are supposed to contain the sugar. Thank you. Thank I, I, the, Our doctor says, yes, this is okay. It's okay. They're meant to be sweet, and it's meant to be good, and they're meant to really bring some taste into this thing, and it's okay. Now, granted, too much and you can get fat. I'm just saying, but it's still. So I believe that when Paul is saying that the higher gifts, what he's saying is desire the gifts that are going to help you love the most. Now, that's going to take it out of the absolutes and put it into how do you need to love people? And those are the gifts that you're going to call for because, you know what, you may need to love people in a public setting like this. Desire the gifts that are going to help you love the most in a public setting. Or maybe you love people in a private setting. I'm, you know, this morning I was praying a good word of knowledge and a word of wisdom will increase the satisfaction in your marriage. Because the Holy Spirit's going to tell you things that are going to help you relate to your wife better. The gift of discerning of spirits will destroy your marriage. That's because it becomes the gift of suspicion. And one of the worst things I see is the gift of suspicion functioning in the local body of Christ. And, and instead of the gift, is, that's why the gift of discerning of spirits works best on the mission field or when you're getting new people. And so um, he says, earnestly desire the gifts. And for the purpose of this morning, those gifts that are going to help you love better in your calling, in your workplace, in your house church, on your Sunday morning experience, in your marriage, in your children's lives. Now, 
because I didn't like how the ESV went with earnestly desire, because that sounds a little drab, um, I'm going to look at some other translations. The Amplified Version says, earnestly desire, desire and strive for the greater gifts. Now, how many of you strive for what you really want? Really? We've got about three people that really go for what they really want. How many of you strive for what you really want? If you name it as you want it, you go for it, right? You strive for it. Now let's go to the Passion Translation, which I feel like probably captures the heart of what the Apostle Paul was saying. But you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. So what the Apostle Paul is advocating is that we must stir up the passion to experience the gifts, and that's the only way to keep them active. And we want the gifts active. Now, the Apostle Paul, as if to reiterate his point and make sure we get that we want the gifts. Now, the tradition that I was saved in, I thank, you, I thank the Lord for that tradition because the way that they helped me come into Christ was a radical, born-again experience. But because that the gifts of the Spirit were scary to them, and a lot of people view the Holy Spirit as this scary, unpredictable uncle, what they will do is they will shove down the gifts. And that's not biblical at all because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love, chase after love, but keep earnestly desiring the spiritual gifts. So he repeats himself. Is everybody in the room now convinced that the Apostle Paul said, we're going to need to desire the gifts, that this needs to be a core desire that dwells within us, a core passion that dwells within us, that it needs to be a stirring, that I stir up the desire for the gifts. And if we will do that, we will experience more. So I want to spend the rest of the message on why I should want the gifts, okay? And uh, so we've talked about how bad do you want it? What price are you willing to pay for it? Because anything that we want, you know, if you want to be in shape, you're going to have to exercise, right? Does anybody agree that there's a price to pay? Yeah. Oh, everybody agrees about exercise. That's amazing. <laughs> if you want to lose weight, there's a price you're going to have to pay. Does anybody agree with that one? Praise God, I've been fighting that battle, you know, with, with all that price. I'm struggling with that one. And so, because I deal with how bad I want that chocolate compared to how bad I want to lose weight. And so, how bad do you want it? So, once we decide we want it, let's go through the why should we want it, okay? Firstly, I believe it's because your personal life depends on it. I believe your Life depends on the gifts of the Spirit moving in your life. Now, to back that up, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12. We'll start in verse 1, and we'll go through verse 3. And the Apostle Paul says, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, um, if you've listened to any teaching on this, you'll know that the, gifts, the word gifts is not there. What he's, actually, it says, Now, concerning spirituals or spiritual manifestations. Or if you read a translation that doesn't want you to think about manifestations, they'll say spiritual people. The bottom line is there's nothing there. It's just spirituals, concerning spirituals, really. 
So concerning the spirituals and the way you see these spirituals interacting, he's saying, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now, the ESV went a little light on this one. The New King James said, I do not want you to be ignorant. That's probably because they, you know, figure ignorant is now an offensive word. So let's go with uninformed. So to prepare for this message in this series, I simply did a little search on all my podcasts on, search, on spiritual gifts, and I listened to multiple messages on spiritual gifts. And if there's one thing I learned, it's people are uninformed. And I began to ask, why are these teachings so uninformed? I'd go so far as to say that if you were to search for sermons on spiritual gifts, 90% of them are uninformed. Why? I believe it is because the apostles were describing what they were seeing happen in their churches. None of these lists are exhaustive. They're just describing what their churches were experiencing in the Holy Spirit. So when you get teachings on the spiritual gifts from people who haven't experienced the spiritual gifts, they're uninformed. And I'd go so far as to say most of us are uninformed in the areas we haven't experienced them. What's the solution? God wants you to experience more. And recognize it when you're experiencing more so that we're not uninformed. So he says, I don't want you to be uninformed about these spiritual manifestations that are happening all over you. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. All right. So what the Apostle Paul was saying is that the Corinthians were, when he came to them, they were a pagan people. By the way, you will find a little anecdotal evidence that people that are into more uh, witchcraft, spiritism, Ouija boards, occultism, all of those kinds of things. They have a spirit guide in California. I mean, you know, uh, those people, when they get radically saved, are often really easily shifted into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But people that before they were saved or raised in church that sharpened the mind and dissed all of that are really slow to get into the spiritual gifts. Now, I didn't have a sharpened mind, but I wasn't into all of that other stuff either. So I was slower to get into the spiritual gifts. But I learned to crave them, want them, and desire them, and go into them. He's saying, listen, in your paganism, you were just led by demons and spiritism and all of that kind of stuff. However, you were led to these dumb idols... Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. And this is why I say your life depends on it, is that you need the activation of the Holy Spirit to empower you to say Jesus is Lord. And people you know need the activation of the Holy Spirit to empower them to say Jesus is Lord. Your life depends on the gifts operating, and their life depends on the gift operating. I need somebody else to come and do a Dave Ramsey up here. Who's got that? Jared? <laughs> Can somebody else come and do a Dave Ramsey up here? I mean, I, I need, I, I don't think I got another one in me. 
You gotta want it. You gotta care about their lives more than you care about your own. You gotta want their lives more than you care about your own dignity. You gotta be willing to be a fool to experience the gifts. Wear out my voice. So you see that uh, we need the gifts. Now, here's how this worked out in my life. And I thought I'd do some gift illustrations from my own life. Now, this week's podcast, um, uh, we will, what we're going to do is we've asked about four younger people to send us interviews or come in. And they're going to share times when they experience the gifts then Pastor Jared and I are going to talk about those experiences. So that's this week's podcast. We encourage you to tune in and, and uh, listen to those. So before I was saved, there was this um, uh, old interim pastor at Beacon Hill Baptist Church. His name was Louis Steed. That's how we affectionately called him. And I think he was older than dirt itself. Praise the Lord. But he operated in love. And he'd come over and visit my mom, and my mom would make me sit and listen to him. And so I'd be sitting on the couch, and I'll never forget him putting his hand on my knee and looking me in the eyes, and he'd say, your time's coming. <laughs> and I'd wait until I got out of there, and I'd say, my time's not coming. I don't know what time that is, but it's not a coming. God had given him the spiritual 1 Corinthians 12, gift of faith for my salvation. And then he partnered with that spiritual gift of faith with a prophecy. This is an older than dirt Southern Baptist pastor. Looking me in the eye, prophesying to me, your time's a coming. Now that was an important prophecy because I watched my mom go down. And then I watched my brother go down. And then I watched my friend go down. And I started pleading to the Lord, not me, Lord. (laughs) But his prophecy and his gift of prophecy and his gift of faith were working in my life to get me saved. See, you can put the gift of prophecy and the gift of faith together, and you will see amazing results if you do that. Tongues plus interpretation of tongues equals prophecy, by the way. There's, there's a devotional tongues. It always goes quiet when you talk about tongues, but <laughs> Pastor Jared tells me that the younger generation is very interested in the gift of tongues. My, my generation fought over it so much, we kind of just, that. But, uh, but his generation is interested, so... Uh, The gift of tongues is to edify myself, but then when you add interpretation to it, it's to edify others. And so uh, we can practice both. And so um, I remember one time as a pastor where um, a man, somebody brought a man to church, and he came down for prayer, and he was down and out, depressed, discouraged, all the D words, you know. And so um, life had not been going his way, and he said, I just, I don't know, I I need things to turn around for me. I'm just, it's just, it's just, I'm just, it's awful. And he said, I, I applied for this job this week. I don't know if I get it. I don't know. And so I said, okay, well, let me pray for you. Well, I didn't know how to pray for him, so I began to pray in tongues over him. And as I prayed in tongues over him, the Holy Spirit interpreted the tongues and said, he's going to get the job he just applied for this week, and it's going to be a sign to him that God is about to turn favor into his life. 
and turn his, turn his circumstances around. So I spoke the interpretation and said, you're going to get the job this week, and it's going to be a sign for you that God is about to turn things around for you. And he just looked at me and kind of, okay. And then he came back next week, and he got the job. He was experiencing joy. He was happy. Things were starting to turn around. So the gift of tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. And so those are all good gifts of the Spirit. Why do we want these? Because their lives depended on This man was fallen away, depressed, and close to suicidal. Did his life depend on the gifts? Yes, they did. So people's lives depend on our desire to function in the gifts. We want to keep love as the meat. It's, it's the fundamental thing in there. What gift is going to help you love someone better? Is it prophecy? Is it faith? Is it tongues? Is it interpretation tongues? Is that going to help you love someone better? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. So, honey, if, if, come on up here. So, so I'm thinking about how I'm going to love my wife by convincing her that she needs to do things my way. So I just come up to her and I said, I know what I'll do. I'll speak in tongues to her. Okay, that's not going to get it, right? And see, so, so that, that, that's not going to get us there. Would you agree that's not going to get us there? But then I might also get a word of knowledge. Maybe it's combined with a word of wisdom. Hey, Ben, if you'll just support her in her deepest desire, you'll have a better marriage. Oh. Amen. <laughs> see, that, isn't that something? Come on now. Thank you, dear. Uh, so, so you see, it's what's going to help you love people better. And all of the gifts are going to help us. By the way, I want to say at the outset that if you have Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, you are experiencing the gifts. You just may not have recognized them yet. You know why? The Holy Spirit is constantly coming to the person who has Jesus as their Savior and Lord and offering the gifts to them. He comes to you in a word of knowledge. You just don't know what it is. He comes to you in a word of wisdom. You just don't know what it is. He might even come to you in a tongue, and you don't know what it is if you're untrained in it. So he's constantly coming with the gifts. But as with all gifts, you've got to receive them and implement them. And it's better to learn that these things are of the Holy Spirit and to discern the difference between when this is a Holy Spirit-inspired thing or just a hunch. And so... Why should we want it? Because your life depends on it, and then because their life depends on it. Now, growing up in my family, uh, I have a lot of family in Florida, and they were famous for saying those people. Anybody got, anybody got families talking about those people? And I always wondered who those people were. Well, those people are those people that are making decisions that these people don't like, but we really don't care about those people. And I came to understand when they say we're those people, what that means is I really don't care about those people. They're just making my life worse. You're all, you know, you probably have a political party that you're saying those people are making my life worse. You got to learn to care about those people. And so uh, those people need to become we people, and the gifts are going to help it happen.
So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 6 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Now, what the Apostle Paul is saying is one person could do ushering and a gift of the Spirit would help them in their ushering. Another person could go do a hospital visit and, and the gift of the Spirit would help them in their hospital visit. Another person, they could lead a Bible study and the gift of the Spirit would help them in their Bible study. There's, a, there's all kinds of these things going on. And so he's saying in all of these services and activities, it's the same Holy Spirit manifesting the gifts. There's the same Lord and there's varieties of activities. And so, but it, it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Now, the design here is that an organic church is meant to function by people experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, inspiring them. If the pastor has to do all the inspiring, it's going to fall short. Our house church vision right now, Pastor John and Krista are overseeing that house church vision. And what they're asking the house church leaders to do is get inspiration from the Holy Spirit, which is going to require a gift of the Holy Spirit, to get vision for what your house church is going to look like with a varieties of kinds. And so all of these things are meant to be the varieties of the gifts of the Spirit. And they're going to help those people become we people. So I thought of some illustrations. These are um, missions illustrations. Um, we had a year in Honduras where it just rained and rained and rained. And we had, I remember this one year that we had um, this one church where there's a new pastor. We needed to get him established. We got the right people there. It was amazing. They were all there at the right place. And then it started raining all around us. So we set a team aside, and I was on the team to start rebuking the rain. And so what we begin to see is lightning hitting the ground over there, lightning hitting the ground over there, lightning hitting the ground over there, and lightning hitting the ground back there. So it's like it's all around us. So the gift of miracles was at work. And what we begin to say is, stay away in Jesus' name. Stay away, stay away. You had to do a 360. Stay away, stay away, stay away. And through the gift of miracles, we effectively created a bubble around our ministry so we could have our event. And the cool thing about that bubble is that it lasted until I gave the altar call and about 25, 30 people came forward to receive Jesus. By the way, one of, the, one of the people that came forward had gotten healed about two hours earlier. And they came forward to receive Jesus. And as soon as they were there, it was outdoors, it started sprinkling on us. And it gave me the perfect excuse to do what I wanted to do anyways, which is let's move this group of people into the church building. Why did I want to get them into the church building? Does anybody know why I want, Pastor, I want to get them into the church building? So they can't escape. <laughs> they, they walked forward to get saved, but I was concerned about their discipleship now. And discipleship happens, happens when you get them from the walk of salvation into the local church. So we just simply moved them into the building, and the rain facilitated that. The gift of miracles. And so the gift of miracles enabled us to create a bubble around ourselves so we could finish the service for those 25 to 30 souls that were getting saved. Same mission trip, 
later on, um, we were at a large event. I bet over 150 people were there. And I'm outside with a sound system, and this time it just starts raining. But this time, instead of the gift of miracles, I got a word of wisdom. Keep preaching. It's a miracle word of wisdom. Keep preaching. I, am, I was amazed that as I kept preaching, they didn't move. And I mean, it starts raining hard. I'm still preaching, and they didn't move. And finally, the Holy Spirit gave me another word of wisdom. Tell them, I care about you so much, I'm willing to stand in the rain for you. And I no more than got those words out, and then it started coming down like cats and dogs. So much so that we all ran. <laughs> and we ran for these gazebos that were everywhere. And then the pastoral overseer had a word of wisdom. He said, hey, pastor, look at that gazebo over there. They're all tightly packed in that gazebo. Let's go over and share Jesus with them. And I said, that's a good idea. Sometimes you think a word of wisdom is a good idea. But their lives depend on it. So... The testimony that came out of that one was our team split up into all the gazebos and no one could move because it was raining like cats and dogs. A bunch of lost people trapped with a bunch of missionaries in gazebos. Can anybody say amen to that? And I mean, out of that, we had miracle healings. I think Pastor John saw an eye healed. I think, uh, I mean, I know we got salvations. Where's one guy that my most memorable one was this guy in a leather jacket looked all tough. And about four people had come along and witnessed to him, and he said no to each one. And I was the last guy that got to him. And I start the whole spiel, and I remember him saying to me, you know, four guys have come to me because we're trapped in a gazebo. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you would. I was waiting to see if you'd come over here. He said, since you did, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept Jesus. <laughs> I said, well, that's good glad we didn't give up on number three. That guy, he received Jesus. And by the way, the guy in the, you know, he has influence. So several others around him did, you know. And then his first order of business, he said, I want a Bible. I said, well, we bought some Bibles. I said, these people here, they will get you a Bible. Go to church with them. Got him connected. And that's something, a word of wisdom produced a bunch of salvations. Raining cats and dogs trapped in gazebos. So, why do we want to experience the gifts? Because your life depends on it, their life depends on it, and then because our quality of life depends on us experiencing the gifts. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I believe that God wants to do good in your life. He wants you to have a better marriage. He wants you to get promoted. He wants you to do well in your job. He wants you to be a shining light. He wants your children to feel the love of God. I mean, he wants these things. So he wants to do common good. Therefore, as we learn to function in the gifts of the Spirit, more of God's common good will be experienced in our lives and the lives of those around us. So I think of the gift of faith mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. I believe that the gift of faith is a Holy Spirit-inspired gift that moves a mountain. Now, every time God gives you the gift of faith, what He's trying to do is inspire your faith 
to be able to move the mountain the next time. Okay? So it's like a father and a son. The first time, the father's going to give the son everything they need to get the job done. The next time, he's going to say to the son, use your own resources. The gift of faith is a Holy Spirit-inspired gift that comes from Father God to move a mountain, but he's equipping you next time to move the mountain with your faith. Is anybody with me on this? So he's trying to inspire us to use our faith. I remember a time whenever I was praying with a single mother of four children. The dad had just had left and abandoned them. It was awful. And he was the breadwinner, and he cut their finances off. Just a heartbreaking situation. And the mom said, Pastor, I'm going to have to get a second job. Well, I was pastoring those youth in youth group. And I said, you can't get a second job. These kids need you. And she said, I can't make it. And I said, well, how about a better job? I said, what about this job over here? And she said, I don't have faith for that job. I said, I've got the faith of the job. Let's go for, on my faith then. Come on, does anybody understand what I'm saying? Let's go on my faith. She didn't have the faith for that job. I said, let's go on my faith. God was giving me the faith for this thing. So we prayed. I said, now your job is just go apply. She got that job immediately and became a successful career person in this corporation. Provided for, his fam- for her family with one job instead of two. See, that's the gift of faith that then became my faith that helped her. See? I think I'll give maybe one last one, gift of healing, the gift of miracle healing. I love the gift of miracle healing because I see it function so often. Often what God will do is heal a person to inspire them to heal others. There's a 90% uh, chance that a person who gets healed, can heal someone else through the gift of healing. So at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the most serious uh, threats we had was we had a member that had pneumonia coming into the pandemic. You guys recognize that having pneumonia coming into the pandemic is bad, right? Not COVID, just pneumonia. And then there was a person in our church who had been healed in a house church of a sports injury. Pretty small thing, shin splints or something like that. And then the shutdowns happened, so they got reassigned just to call pastors and pray with them. So this person called me and said, Pastor, I just got reassigned to pray. What do you need prayer for? I said, I've got a member with pneumonia, and it's got to go before the pandemic gets bad. So he said, well, I just got healed, so I'm pretty sure we can get that done. I'll never forget those words. I just got healed, so I'm pretty sure we can get that done. I thought, it's a gift of faith. Now the gift of miracles. Now the gift of healing. It's all functioning together. So I said, well, then pray. They prayed, and coincidentally, that was pretty much the end of the pneumonia. Or was it coincidentally? The gifts of the Spirit all operated by the Holy Spirit with human partners cooperating with each other. Would you go ahead and stand with me? And I want to close with just a couple of thoughts Let's come back to the beginning of the message. How bad do you want it? What price are you willing to pay to experience the gifts of the Spirit? 
And that is how I'd like to challenge us uh, here at the close of the service. With 1 Corinthians 12, 31, the Passion Translation says, but you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week podcast. Sermons are livecasted every Sunday, 10 a.m. Central, on Facebook and YouTube. Find out more about us by visiting our Facebook page or visiting our website at Abundant.us.